Welcome, world, to another podcast on the newly Puff Creative Podcast. I have the pleasure, the honor, the privilege of being with one of my favorite marketers in cannabis, Shada Tarabi. How are you doing? Dude, John, I'm doing well. Thanks for that nice introduction. I appreciate it. I feel the same about you. You're one of my favorite marketers, so the feeling is mutual. Yeah. Well, man, well, you know, I feel like we just met a few months back. I feel like we've known each other for way longer. Um, I think it was it was a destiny type of connection. We were speaking on the GA panel together with some other amazing women uh, in the cannabis industry. Um, I was on your podcast before the new year, I believe. Yeah, that's right. Wow. Feels like a year ago. Um, <laughs> and uh, I'm very excited to have you on my podcast. Um, right before we press record here, I was saying you sent me some awesome gifts. I got some uh, D8 bait pen and some other cool stickers. Uh, from you. I'm going to hit this right now. Just start this off the right way. Yeah. Just get a little D8 in your system. <laughs> yeah, of course. I mean, I think uh, I'm, I'm a, I'm a gifting person. Gifting is my love language. So of course, when it comes to, you know, <laughs> saying thank you for being on my podcast, I had to send you some fun stuff. So I know Delta eight is one of those cannabinoids that is you know, new to market and uh, there's a lot is. of gray area around it, but it is a product that I sell a significant amount of as a CBD business owner. And so, yeah, I wanted to make sure you had some. I appreciate it. And that being said, what, like, how do you feel about your experience with the eight personally? Cause now that I've been like slowly putting it on like our social and stuff, I do feel like it's a different experience. Do you feel the same way or is it just me? Like, I, I almost feel like it's, I have like a more functional kind of high. Like, I don't, totally. I don't feel like I get like stoned or paranoid. Like, I just, I'm like, wow, I feel really good and can do whatever. You know? That's pretty much the sentiment, both from my personal experience with Delta 8, as well as what I'm observing from my customers. It's, there's kind of two sides to it, right? So on one end, I'm in Texas and Texas does not have Delta 9 legalized higher than 0.3%. And Delta 9 is a THC for anybody who is not aware. And so Delta 8 is another form of THC that some people in Texas would argue is only legal because we don't have Delta 9. So again, I think there's one side of the coin that absolutely mm. has a consumer who's like, I can't get the real stuff legally. I'm looking for a buzz. What can I have, you know, and get my hands on. But I think there is a new consumer who I'm really excited to highlight because I think, you know, obviously you coming from Colorado and having a long standing history with that legal market. And then I kind of come from Texas where hemp is legal, but marijuana is not legal, but I do travel a lot to legal states. I've kind of witnessed and observed both sides again. And so what I'm seeing from the other side of the coin with Delta eight is there's a consumer who does not want the psychotropic experience because it causes anxiety and paranoia. And totally. so I think a lot of people who maybe previously used cannabis uh, in their formative years, they're like, no, I can't do it anymore. It doesn't make me feel good. But they've discovered Delta 8 as just enough buzz, clear-headed, 
still able to chill out, but not have that paranoia associated to it. And so you, it's interesting. You talk in some of these markets presently, nationally, people are like, oh, Delta eight's only legal because you don't have Delta nine. And, and I was singing that tune originally, but now I definitely think yeah, that you realize. these minor cannabinoids, it's, it's unfair yeah. to say that someone is always going to want a heavy THC experience, you know? And so I think, yeah, you got to explore these other cannabinoids. And so I'm really excited for it. Same. Yeah. And, you know, don't get me wrong. I do love just a nice Delta nine freak out every now and then. Me too. In um, fact, I had me... one last night. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, it's kind of like, a, like if you take hallucinogens or anything like that and just have that, you know, life-changing experience or freak yeah. out that, you know, um, but yeah, I've been, you know, I've been like incorporating into my day, like, especially like during my work day um when i you know shouldn't be having those freakouts or risking having those freakouts i just have this control now i'm like wow it's like a cheat in the system almost and if yeah to your point it's like if you utilize cannabinoids properly and understand how each one impacts you personally it kind of is like you have a cheat every hour of the day you're that's absolutely one. it that's what i'm looking forward to is the market opening up and really consumers having more access to not only the cannabinoids and terpenes but the information associated to it right totally. and so it's all kind of happening in real time uh i mean Delta eight literally just hit the market less than five months ago. And now you're starting to see research being done on Delta 10, Delta 11, you know, what do those other deltas do? And so exactly. I imagine a marketplace is going to exist for multiple cannabinoids beyond just the THC Delta nine and CBD experience. Totally. Do you, and would you say, cause from my personal experience, what I'm seeing is like, it all depends on like the education of the consumer. Like, for example, like a consumer here in Colorado um, would probably be super attracted to a vape pen with THC, CBN and Delta eight and CBG and like some, you know, limonene because they understand how those impact their body. Whereas like maybe a Texas consumer, they'd be a bit more hesitant or even a newer legal market like South Dakota or somewhere like that. You know, like their consumer would be like, wait, what? I didn't realize I was in a chemistry project, you know? Um, I always so that, argue it's the adverse. I think oh. that you have consumers coming from markets like Colorado. So like, this is a story I play out. One of my good friends is a bud tender in Denver. He's done rec, he's done medical, he personally grows. And when I was launching Restart CBD, which is my CBD brand um, in August of 2018, I remember having just come off a trip visiting Denver, just kind of seeing him and asking those questions in the dispensary, you know, realizing like CBD is kind of picking up in Texas. What about CBD in Colorado? And he literally was like, dude, what the fuck are you talking about? And then he kind of was watching as my brand grew, you know, five, six months later. And he's kind of like, okay, I kind of hear about CBD occasionally, but it hadn't made it into the dispensaries yet. And oh, so as yeah, our market right. was opening up, it's like, you know, then I started seeing, okay, well, we're selling CBD. We're talking about full spectrum. A year later, we've got now CBG, CBN. And I would frequent back to him just through texting, phone conversations. I would go back and visit Colorado. And I'm slowly watching the dispensary market add on ratio one-to-one -one products. Mm -hmm. But I don't see 
CBN or CBG or, you know, these other cannabinoids in dispensaries. I see yeah, those they're... being pushed from the illegal hemp markets like Texas driving those conversations. So we're really, in my opinion, not we're necessarily collectively, but I've seen states like Texas as helping lean into the educational um, aspect of these cannabinoids and terpenes because I mean, to be really honest, as a as a heavy Delta 9 THC consumer who has visited many <laughs> states for experiential research purposes, <laughs> you're really being sold, hey, here's a vape, here's flower, here's, you know, 19% yeah. THC, here's, you know, sativa indica hybrid. Nobody ever educated me on terpenes. Nobody was ever talking to me about an endocannabinoid system. And that's not to say that people weren't doing those things or having those conversations, but at a market level. But they're kind of like stuck in that, like, this is what it is. Like, these have always been our options here. It's legal. Like, Come buy it, yeah, you know, yeah. versus now in, in my market in Austin in particular, I have consumers who are like, hey, I hear that CBD or cannabis can help with insert, you know, whatever ailment. Again, I'm not a doctor. Nothing we're saying is medical, yeah, yeah. you know, information. It's yeah, just yeah. anecdotal, we but like- We are not doctors. <laughs> we are not doctors. But when you have consumers who are like, okay, hey, I've done some research. I've heard that these cannabinoids can help. Like I had one woman come in. She's, you know, going through cancer. She was in remission. She got re-diagnosed. She heard some protocol on the internet said that she needed X amount of milligrams of full spectrum and CBG. She had read CBGs known to be anti-cancer. And so she saw that I sold CBG and she wanted to come get CBG. Interesting. Now, where do people get CBG otherwise? Again, if I'm in a legal market, I've really never seen those products. And so you kind of have to, it's like we have these two worlds that are now converging. And so it's really nice because I do think you're starting to see more of the education happening in legal markets for sure. It's not like they don't want to have that conversation, but you have to kind of think through as uh, as a market. I mean, it was so taboo. We really didn't have access to proper research because it wasn't federally legal. But now that hemp's federally legal, hey, there's a lot of similar cannabinoids. There's a lot of similar terpenes. Let's go do the research. So I think that it's it's only helping. But yeah, I find do, do you think that this adverse? Yeah do you do you think that um because of like this huge, huge CBD wave, has that propelled, do you think that that's propelled the conversation or because of the a flux of products that are just not effective is that kind of took taken us a step back in regards to like cannabinoids, if that makes sense? I think yes and no. I definitely think the unregulation of hemp has done us a slight disservice because you can buy CBD in gas stations. You can buy it in your doctor's offices. Hell, you can now buy it in Walmart and Whole Foods and, you know, other other name brand places to use air quotes that maybe a consumer might validate as trustworthy, but because anybody can sell anything, it is really scary that the consumers just don't have access to, um, you know, it's one of those things like, when you're a consumer and you're looking for who's the truth teller, when the industry is so new and there's not a lot of truth tellers, I will put myself in a category of being seen as an expert, right? Um, I will never say that I'm the smartest person in the room, but I'm the most curious. And I reach my conclusions by you know, accumulating multiple opinions. But when you're kind of standing at the front and you're saying, hey, I, I think this is the truth, 
let me share this with consumers. I'm also looking around saying, well, what is everybody else saying? And then you're realizing, well, we haven't really been talking about this for very long. So I don't really know who is the the source of truth. And I think that that's a very exciting thing for our industry. And it's a very real um, challenge to just be mindful of because I think Delta 8 is a really great example, especially here in Texas. I mean, it really is new and hit the market. And as such, you know, I want to sell high quality products to my consumers. I'm a marketer. If the market's asking for something, I want to sell it to them. Now yeah. you can make your decisions on what, you know, quality, not quality. Some people are like, oh, it's not full plant, whatever side aside. Um, but when I was looking at how do I market this? How do I message this? How do I source this? I'm looking around who else is doing it. And we're all new selling Delta yeah. eight. There's yeah. nobody who's been selling Delta eight for like a year or five years or a decade. Like this yeah, is a new cannabinoid. And so when you're talking about educating consumers, I have consumers come in like, well, how's Delta eight going to make me feel? And I'm like, we're learning. It's only been on the market for five months. Like, <laughs> I can anecdotally tell you what I know. I can tell you what I've experienced. I can tell you, you know, now I have your personal experience. I can share that yeah. with the consumer, but people just don't realize how fast this market is unfolding and how as marketers we're being caught in the middle of that. Not again for bad or for, for good, but just the reality is how yeah. do you navigate? Yeah. It, it feels like, it feels like I'm just getting started in like cannabis and hemp again with that cannabinoid. You know, like with the gray area of the law, the social media gray area, I'm seeing totally. ads. I see, I'm seeing Delta eight ads going through and stuff. So I'm like, man, this is like, kind of like, I'm getting excited again. You know, yeah. um, not that I'm not constantly excited about cannabis, but like, I feel like a young buck on the streets of marketing and, you know, cannabis. <laughs> so it's cool. Um, awesome, man. We, we just dive right in. I love it. Um, I want to take things a step back here again, you know, you're one of my favorite podcast hosts and I mean, I'm not necessarily sure that people know your story. So a goal of my podcast is to pull other podcasters stories out. Um, I know you're in Texas now. Is, is that where you're, is that where you were born and raised or? Yeah. Born and raised in Austin, Texas. I have both my parents still living in Austin, my siblings, my two younger sisters live in Austin, and we as a family operate Restart CBD together. So our business is owned by me and my two younger sisters. We operate a brick and mortar, which we founded Restart um, in August of 2018. So I always like to kind of share a little bit of the timeline for, for you know scope. We launched in August of 2018 it was not federally legal until October of 2018, and it was not Texas state legal until June of 2019. So legal being a loosey-goosey word in the sense of it wasn't illegal prior to those. It just means there wasn't a legal market operating, right? You know, sourcing, yeah. manufacturing, ability to grow, process, things like that. And so I like to highlight, you know, we were definitely embarking on an unknown journey. And we did so because we as a family had become really big users and appreciators of CBD oil in particular. And that was because in 2015, I always get the dates a little, you know, confused. It's 2015, 2016. A lot's happened the past year. Is my time. A lot has off. happened. <laughs> Basically, you know, half a decade ago, I was in a car accident and I was oh. hit by a vehicle as a pedestrian and no. I fractured my pelvis in two places. 
super gnarly, super uncomfortable. And, um, I will always, you know, transparently share huge THC consumer prior to the accident and huge Mm. THC consumer post-accident so much so that my family was very aware of my consumption, very accepting of my consumption. Thank God I have a very open-minded family. And my mother's also really into homeopathic home remedies. So not Uh. that she's ever anti, you know, Western medicine. She's just always been like, Hey, is there a plant that can fix that? Um, you know, maybe you should, you know, go see a, a plant doctor or go get these, you know, particular tests done just as an alternative treatment. And so when I was going through the accident recovery, experiencing chronic pain for the first time in my life, I was 25 years old. And, and I say kind of in that way, because when you're in your mid twenties, you really feel invincible. You feel like, man, yeah. my body in the best shape ever. I'm, you know, young, hungry, driven in all, you know, fast. Yeah, now I'm, 30, I'm 30 now. I'm falling apart every day. I mean, same, just turn 30. I work out, I work out apart. all the time. Like I work out constantly and I'm always hurt. Well, it's like um, now I'm using CBD <laughs> for other reasons, right? Yeah, like yeah, now I'm so like, okay, <laughs> help me manage and take care of my body. But then we didn't really know what CBD was in the context of cannabis. We didn't know what CBD was in the context of, you know, how it interacted with an endocannabinoid system. And so were you like mom, the introduction to like, so you personally were the introduction of it to your family because of that experience? Yes. Basically my mom saw me going through traditional recovery methods, steroid injections, pain prescription medications, uh, had gotten multiple scans where the doctor was suggesting at that point surgery. So this was eight months post-accident, still in chronic pain, um, had done physical therapy, healed my body in all intensive like purposes of like, okay, I'd got mobility back, but now I'm, you know, 26 years old and I have chronic pain. Shit. That sucks. How do you heal? How do you navigate that? How do you manage it on a day-to-day basis? Safely and that's where my mom, exactly safely without creating addictions or um, introducing other substances into my body. And so again, with my mom kind of having that background of, Hey, my daughter really loves cannabis. And I've like literally my mom had just heard of CBD oil. She heard of this cannabinoid. I remember her approaching me with it. And I thought you're fucking crazy. I smoke so much weed. I probably get enough of this CBD, whatever it is. I'm good. I don't need it, dude. And I remember just being so, just so like confused and just like, just dismissing it because I didn't know what it was. I didn't know what I didn't know. And again, kind of reflecting on where the market was, nobody was talking about CBD. It was not really a thing that you could Google and find. Yeah. Five, five, six years ago. Yeah. Can't even think of so basically <laughs> our mom's source, she was sourcing from out of state because you couldn't legally grow it in, in the States. She was making me homemade concoctions and remedies. And that was basically the, the formulation that we took, um, you know, two and a half, three years later to found restart CBD with, but yeah, we, as a family just got introduced to it, a lot of relief from it. Um, I, what I would later come to realize why as a marijuana consumer, especially given the context of like legal states operating and things like that. It's not that CBD doesn't exist in marijuana naturally and organically. It's just depending on certain genetics, depending on what consumers want, you know, there's just different ways to grow different, you know, different attributes to this plant. And so what I now learn is hemp is actually higher in CBD organically and traditionally lower in THC, which is where you kind of get this adverse. So if the higher THC is the lower CBD is going to be and vice versa. So it's why in marijuana, you get high THC, low CBD, and in hemp, you get high CBD, low THC. And so 
I just was assuming that I was getting CBD all these years. And then again, as I would kind of reintroduce myself back into these dispensary conversations through these friends that I was making, I was like, Hey, do you sell CBD flour? And I remember them thinking like, what? No, we don't like, yeah, why Why yeah. would anybody do that now? For sure. I go into dispensaries and you they absolutely see more yeah. CBD ratio products. The flower has CBD call out. Next in time, it. next time you're in Colorado, I totally, we should totally go on a dispensary sesh together. Oh my um, God, hell yeah. I want to, I want to get you our client pot zeros flower. They, it's so interesting that they, they're able to maintain these high levels of THC and THCV in their flower, but they test like astronomically for CBG, CBC, and CBN, like almost as high as the THC levels. Oh, that's um, really cool. It's, I'll be it's, curious how they're growing it and what they're doing. Well, it's it's the it's like the most yeah sustain it's the most sustainable grow in the entire world. It's grown like eight nine thousand feet in the backcountry of Colorado. The grower is like ninety percent blind. It's yeah. Anyway, that, that we could do a whole nother podcast. But on that's that it. Together. That stuff is it's coming, right? It's coming yeah, as we're yeah, unpacking everything. But yeah, five, six years ago, this is like my version of all I know is, you know, weed and cannabis culture and 420. And, and, were, and at that time, like you you were buying off like your local drug dealer, right? Like yeah, essentially yeah. black market stuff. <laughs> yeah, and so yeah. even then in a black market scenario, absolutely having no, you know, quality <laughs> or cannabinoids. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know what I don't know. So so He's yeah, like, we I think this is blue dream. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You just don't know what you don't know. And so I think that's where it's been really fun for me to lean in because as somebody who just truly loves, I love, like, I love getting high. I love that feeling. It's great. I love it's the recreational time. aspect. It's such a great time. I'm now obviously witnessing getting exposure and navigating the pain management, the wellness, the medicinal side and that's really exciting too. And so now it's being able to paint this really broad picture of Yes, like you acknowledge, hey, maybe during the day smoking some Delta 9 THC is maybe not the most productive thing as a business owner. Totally not. But hey, maybe a nice Delta 8, maybe it's a CBG, you know, just figuring out these other cannabinoids, figuring out ratios like, oh, that's my dream. I look forward to being able to play with Same. more of that. And, I and, and there's like certain there's like certain work where I'm like, oh, maybe this is like Delta 9 work that I need to do right now. Then there's other times where I'm like, this totally is sober work and other times like i should probably do some delta eight to like ease my you know like not send this 10 paragraph not like nasty email to this client maybe take some delta eight and then rewrite that email you know? well tolerance is a really crazy thing i actually had one of my good friends he's here in texas he kind of brought up this idea to me he's like you know what let me just he's like let me just say this can you imagine we're all overdosing. Like if you really think about what is an optimal amount of, let's say Delta nine for consumers to be consuming, he's like, maybe it's one puff, it's two puffs, but he goes, you don't stop there. You chief on that whole joint, you, you know, hit yeah. the bong a couple times for you and I, we built that tolerance where we can exist in that, you know, over indexation of consuming totally. that cannabinoid but like really if i could just take one puff maybe it would be a different experience but that's where then you have you know different products having different absorptions different yeah, extraction and, methods and every human every human's yes. different too like and I, so I, navigating like, it so it's wild insane. i take 20 milligrams of thc i'm like whoa my friends take like a hundred and they're like boop, 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 boop. i'm like what 
<laughs> I would die if I took that. Um, anyway, so another, you know, this is a question I ask everyone on my podcast, like once I dive into where they're from. So when did, like, what age did you, like, were you the first one of the sisters who discovered weed, like when you were younger? And did you introduce them? Like, like how, like, yeah. how did that go? Like, what, what was your first, like, what was the first time? Like, what, what would walk us through? Like, oh my gosh, was- I remember it really vividly. Actually, I was probably like 15, 16 years old. No, I was definitely like 15. I don't think I could drive at the time. Um, yeah, I mean, just, you know, getting into I'm Austin, live music capital of the world. I grew up going to live music events and concerts from a very young age. And so I think I was always exposed to kind of, you know, the smell of it. There's that skunk smell. In the <laughs> yeah, air. you're like, what is that smell? And I remember two of my good friends had, you know, one of them had secured some weed. And I remember we were at my parents' house and we were going to sneak out and go smoke it at the park down the street. And obviously, like, didn't know what we didn't know didn't have a pipe I remember we made something out of a can because that was like an option it was like a can or an apple like something where we were like what household item do I have that I can use as a device and we we, you know walked down to the park and I remember hitting it a couple times and I just remember like essentially moonwalking home it was like so (laughs) delightful and enjoyable and euphoric for me um that I was pretty much hooked from that moment on. And I've been consuming ever since what I will also say is, you know, I think, um, not everybody has a positive experience with it. Right. And so I definitely had my fair share of, you know, couch lock. I remember there were some instances where I was too high to get out of the car. I remember going to breakfast with one of my friends and I just like literally couldn't get out of the car. I couldn't make my body move, but rather than being turned off from those experiences, I think I, I, I never really got into other things. I don't drink alcohol and I really yeah. haven't drunk a ton of alcohol throughout my life. I had a pretty clean diet. Um, that for me, cannabis was just always that like, this is a plan and it makes me feel really good and I'd like to continue exploring it. Um, so yeah, I was definitely the first of the sisters. I'm the oldest sister, so I'm glad I was the first one to consume. Yeah, you're like, um, <laughs> you're like a Jedi Knight, like guy. Yeah, leading through. the way. <laughs> My middle sister, oddly enough, she does not consume. She'll consume, she'll dabble, but she's um, a for- former University of Texas collegiate athlete. She was oh. a swimmer. And so she's an Under Armour sponsored athlete now. So she's very into like her body and obviously THC for, for legal reasons she could get in trouble in certain situations. Is she, does there issues with her promoting like like your CBD products at all? No, Under Armour oh, actually nice. loves it. We've actually gotten to use of Under Armour's technology. Yeah, so she gets flown out to certain, you know, cities that they have offices and she was out at their headquarters. Um, this was before COVID. So like, I think a year and a half, two years ago at this point. And uh, she was able to do a sleep study with one of the guys on CBN versus CBD. And he was able to get much deeper sleep on a CBD end product than just traditional CBD. And so, yeah, she's able to carry on and and we appreciate her perspective as a non-cannabis consumer recreationally, because I I honestly feel like I built Restart CBD with her in mind because there's the me's and you's of the world who happily will go to any person on a corner and buy drugs or go into a dispensary (laughs) and just, I I always joke, you know, I go to a party and someone has a tray of brownies and I don't ask questions. I just eat it. (laughs) Versus my sister is like, what is this? How much is in it? I don't want to do anything that I can't be in control of. And so I was like, oh shit, that to me is more who my consumer here in Texas is. 
how do I educate that person? And so really, I feel like, again, kind of punctuating what we were talking about earlier, I think CBD and hemp has really opened up the dialogue for non cannabis consumers to be curious. And that's really where I think the sweet spot is because I think everybody can benefit from cannabis just because they don't like Delta nine THC doesn't mean they can't have a nice CBG moment or a nice Delta eight moment. So being a brand that gets to sit in a position to help guide and educate and advocate, especially in a state like Texas is really exciting. And, and then the last sister, she's my little mini me. She's, um, she's in charge of all of our buds. She sources, she's about to go to champs with me in Orlando and do a little trip, but yeah, she's about to turn 22 and she's very much a cannabis consumer. And, and I enjoy getting to experience my love of the plant with her as well. So it's a nice family. That's so Um, cool. Yeah, we all kind of bring something unique to the table, but we yeah, all very it sounds much like love such and a cool dynamic. Yeah, it's really good. That's awesome. I'm, I'm, yeah, I grew up, I mean, I have a half sister, but, you know, we weren't really close when we were growing up and she's not a cannabis consumer. And that, like my wife has brothers, five brothers, and they all smoke with her. And I'm like, kind of, I'm like, man, I kind of wish I had siblings to share that experience. Um, but, uh, but anyway, that's awesome. And I think it's really cool that you kind of led the way and paved, paved the way for your sisters. And now you, you've had a life-changing experience that now you've turned into your business um, from a marketing perspective. I mean, it doesn't get cooler than that. You know, there's such a story behind your brand. Um, I think it's amazing that the formulations your mom was making you inspired restart i mean that also is something that doesn't necessarily always translate um into cbd formulations like you know a lot of times you're getting just the the straight up same thing from every you know every brand where it's like how are you differentiating yourself again um so that's really cool and i know that you have the you mentioned your brick and mortar people can find you online as well and purchase your products on there delta 8 cbd cbg And that's at restartcbd.com. Restartcbd.com. We ship nationwide. There definitely are some nuances to certain cannabinoids. So if people are shopping and they're realizing, hey, I can't see this product or something, there might be some things like you and I were kind of talking, you know, Delta 8 is from my knowledge, not legal in Colorado, surprisingly. So there are <laughs> And I have a Delta 8 client in Colorado. <laughs> But it's like that gray area where it's like, is it really illegal? Is it? I don't know. So we're kind of navigating. I reached out to them and that was their response. They're like, well, it's kind of gray. It's like, okay. Um, I see your lab test here. It's all I really care about at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But no, we are uh, grateful to be in business. Grateful to have a brick and mortar in Austin. If people are ever in, in that part of the country, part of the state, definitely come shop with us and Otherwise, we create a lot of content online and love to just really help educate people. And the other um, highlight I wanted to make was to the To Be Blunt podcast um, at To Be Blunt. Um, I will put the restart links and your podcast links in the uh, when I produce this podcast, no problem. And um, thank you so much for taking the time to talk. Like I knew that this conversation would just flow. We just dive right in. And um, yeah, I really appreciate I really appreciate your insights so much. And thanks so much, Shada. Really appreciate having you. Thank you, John, for giving me the space and the platform to talk and share my passion and what I'm up to in my little corner of the world here in Austin, Texas, and grateful to be connected to you. And, and if the listeners have any further questions, I always like to make myself available. You know, 
I say it and I mean it. So connect with me. If you have something that you want to share, something you want to ask, I'm always, always open to have conversations. That's amazing. Thank you so much. Thanks.